Welcome to the Church's Testimony Podcast. This show is about giving the people of the church an opportunity to share about the things that God has done in their lives. We believe that through the sharing of testimony, God is glorified and the church is uplifted. Our hope is that this will unite and encourage the body of Christ around the world. Enjoy. the Church's Testimony Podcast. Today we have Bryce on here with us. Good to be here. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for coming in. Um, yeah, the, the purpose of this podcast is just um, to share what we've seen and heard. Uh, Peter and John in, in Acts 4, they, they're confronted by the Pharisees and the Pharisees are like, hey, you got to stop teaching about Jesus. Like, this is too much. And they say, no, like, we won't. We won't stop sharing about what we've seen and heard. Um, and our goal is that the Holy Spirit would just, just speak through these episodes and um, by inviting people to share what they've seen and heard, others would be encouraged. Um, other people who are going through similar things or find hope in the message, um, but we have no idea who that is. So uh, with that being said, I think I would just ask now, Bryce, since you have already agreed to do it, <laughs> if you would share what you've seen and heard with us and, and maybe starting you know, kind of chronologically, um, okay. and just what your testimony has kind of looked like growing up. Yeah. So I would say for me, when I, yeah, my name is Bryce. Um, I like my story kind of starts really early. Um, my dad is, he's a pastor. So I grew up in a pastor's family. And, mm. um, so yeah, like my parents would, when they tell me the first time I accepted Christ, I was three years old in the back of our car and mm. it was my older sister that led me through it. What? And so <laughs> it was, yeah, like it started super, super early for me where I started to, to recognize who God is and, uh, recognize that I wanted that in my life. Um, but through that it's, it was like a journey from hmm. there. Um, because when I s probably around five years old, I think it was, we moved from a little town called Kitimat and which is like more Northern BC. Yeah, very little. <laughs> yeah. And then I moved to a smaller town to one called Cash Creek, which is oh. like interior BC, uh, around Kamloops area, 1000 people. Hmm. And it was there where I had maybe like one, there's one family that was a Christian family that my, I was friends with, my whole family was friends with. Um, but even with that, they, they slowly just through life and everything like that, they, they drifted away and so hmm. very quickly in growing up from I want to say like 12 to 16 I grew up with or even younger than that probably 10 to 16 I grew up without any solid Christian friends wow. and um, in that small town when I went to high school there was probably about I want to say um, two other families that were known to go to church once in a while. 
Hmm. Um, but none that was really just passionate about Jesus. And so throughout those years, it was me starting to, to ask some of those questions of, okay, well, is God really real? And again, luckily I had, uh, my dad who was a pastor and he, one of his big passions is the study of apologetics, which is Hmm, defending, defending your faith, knowing the reasons for the faith that lies within. And so I would have all these questions of, well, how could God exist? Like, can you believe in evolution and still believe in God? Can you, Hmm. is there an overlap there? Is there, how does the big bang work into things? And again, I have all these more secular ideas kind of coming from all the people around me. Um, And I'm trying to make sense to it with the worldview that I'm growing up with. And so um, there was a lot of struggle there. And it was, yeah, when I look at those years, it was interesting because God would just meet me in either like the small places. Like I had a paper route when Mm. from like eight years old or I think seven years old. Working man. Yeah. (laughs) And in on those like early morning walks, I would just have, I would, God would just speak to me in random ways. <laughs> and whether it was kind of just saying, I'm here, I like, I see you, I'm with you, or even just speaking identity over me. And so it was, it was cool that I had those moments. And then I also had the classic going into a, my teenage years, those, the classic kind of, camp highs, the youth convention highs, where I I started to turn from like, well, is God real to is God good for me? Mm-hmm. Like, is, does he actually, when Jesus says in John 10, 10, like I have life and life to the full, is that, is that true? And is that true compared to living life where I could be hanging out with friends and uh, doing what they do, going to parties, going yeah. to, um, yeah. And also another part of my life was I was going to higher, higher levels of soccer, um, traveling around BC, even into the States and uh, playing that. And that started to become more of my, passion than trying to see what God had for me. And so in those teenage years, it was a lot of, is God actually good enough? Hmm. And there would be these moments where I would be in uh, a camp setting or, uh, yeah, a camp setting or a youth convention or something like that. And it was, I would just be listening to God. And then honestly, it was like him just ravishing my soul. It was like, just like in those moments where I was like, God, like if you're there and if you're good, like, I just want to, I just need, need you to like speak to me. And it was, it'd be these, just like these strong moments where it was just like, the only thing I could think of it is like, just like deep in the presence of God. Hmm. And it was like just these beautiful moments. And so those, those were moments where I started to really think, okay, well, like, I know God is 
for real. And I know that he is good, but does that, does that mean I have to give him everything? Hmm. Yeah. And so that was, that became my struggle in high school is I kind of had like a Jesus plus relationship where it was like Jesus on Sundays and uh, youth group days, like the youth meetings. But then when I was at school and playing sports, like that's my time. And again, it was this push and pull of I would be on fire for Christ, but then like I would start to just be more uh, passionate about hanging out with friends or mm. just being likable to my friends and uh, spending all my time on the soccer pitch and just trying to hone my craft. And yeah, it was, that was kind of the big thing in high school for me. And that was where the struggle really started. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, as that, like I've had these moments where I, I would see Jesus really move in my life and where he was just evident to me. Um, but again, I was in that struggle of his way or my way. Hmm. And I, it really came to an apex when, um, I graduated. And in that time I went through, uh, major knee surgery and things like that, which kind of crushed a lot of dreams with in the sports realm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I started getting into construction and, um, had all these older guys around me with, uh, very different views on life and very different, yeah, very different worldviews. And, mm. um, in that I started to, to really desire what they had. I, I started to desire things like, like money, like, uh, the party scenes. And it's, I just, in those moments, it felt good. And I, and it just didn't feel like God was enough for me in that moment. And, mm. but those also came to be really dark times for me as well, where I, I started really like looking at my life and saying, well, is there actually meaning? Is there purpose? Is there uh, a reason to live? Or is it just life is, is meaningless and it's, you're just trying to find the, the most pleasurable thing to get you through, to uh, get you through the month. The, you mm. work during the week so you can party on the weekends, the, that type of lifestyle. And yeah, it was in that where I started to... Um, really desire something more. And, mm. uh, a girlfriend at the time, <laughs> um, <laughs> I was, yeah, at that time I was dating the youth pastor's daughter and she, she, um, was doing something called the Omega challenge at Summit Pacific college. And it's kind of like a YWAM or a one year discipleship course where you get to learn who Jesus is. And then for me, go on the trip. And so <laughs> me being a soccer guy, 
I heard that the trip was going to be in Brazil. And so I was like, (laughs) that's the Mecca of of soccer. And so I was, um, she, she told me she was doing that. And then I was at that time, I was like, well, we, if I go there, we get the trip together we, we like, we, yeah, we get to be away from parents and it's just like, it's just going to be a fun, fun experience. And yeah, I had money saved up from a young age so I could get through the first year and I was like, Oh, why not? And, um, at that point in time, like, yeah, I already had a plan of what my life was going to look like. It was, I would do this one, just one year. And then I was actually going to join the military after that. Hmm. Um, yeah. So, uh, the big thing with that was the, this program starts in, um, in this camp and it's kind of like people getting their hearts ready, people trying to, get their minds ready for, for this one year. It's, hmm. uh, yeah. In preparation for this one year. And then people got put in their teens and it was, I think it was the first night where we, we had our teams and everything like that. And the director was giving a sermon in this old barn and yeah, it was, it, it was just like a super rustic vibe. Yeah. <laughs> and we were, we were there and as he was, as he was preaching, he was um, basically saying like, what you put into this year is what you get out. And that, that God has great plans and he has great purposes. And if, if you just allow him to show it, and if you just surrender this year, he can show you just how good he is. Hmm. And I remember in that moment, I was like, um, part of me was, desiring that and then another part of me was like well this is just like that classic call (laughs) like that it's just like a cliche thing that we're gonna go through the moments and it's just nothing really special is gonna happen and he he did kind of have this altar call moment and he just said uh, he was just going to leave the Holy Spirit open to be able to speak to us and he, just give us time to be able to surrender this year. And so it, it was interesting because the whole room just started like, it just felt like a heaviness hit. Mm. And like everyone was having these noticeable reactions and just a noticeable encounters with the Holy Spirit as he was speaking to each of them. And I was kind of, trying to be more of that like tough guy, like, no, like God, like if you really are there, like I, you're going to have to just like speak to me in a way that is like, I can understand it. Yeah. More tangible or something. Yeah. Like I didn't just want emotions. And so as soon as I prayed that though, uh, a scripture went into my mind and it was, uh, first Kings, um, two, two to three. And in that it's, uh, yeah. So I opened the Bible and it's David talking to Solomon as David's about to pass away. Hmm. And in, in that scripture, he, he says like, it's, I'm about to pass on, but it's your time to be a man, follow the, 
the commandments, follow the statutes of God, and mm. he'll be with you and bless you, essentially yeah. is, is what it says. And it was like in that moment where I just felt like God speaking that over my life, saying mm. the purpose that you, you've been searching for, the, the meaning in life that you're wanting, like I have that for you. Wow. And not only do I have a purpose and a meaning for life, but it's good. Hmm. It's not, it's not going to be, uh, that like camp high. It's not going to be the party that ends and then you feel hung over after it's like, I have a real purpose hmm. and meaning that's going to improve and make your life better. And so in that moment, I just said, okay, God, like if, if this is true, I give you this year. And it was hmm. like in that moment, all God was just kind of again, it was like just ravishing my heart where I just felt like identity and like Christ's love just as I'm like in his presence. And it was just this beautiful moment. And that was kind of the moment that's changed everything for me hmm. where before I needed a lot of these camp highs and emotional moments for me to, to, refocus my life with Christ. But from there it just changed everything. And yeah, it, from that moment, I like plans to join the military and things like that, that all changed as mm. God was just showing me that he has a plan and he has a purpose. And now, um, for, for me, part of that was being a pastor, which I did not want growing <laughs> up, but it was it was just this beautiful moment where God has just been leading me through that. And yeah, like my life has been completely changed by that as now I get to see just the what that means when Jesus said life and life to the full. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's kind of my story in a nutshell. Yeah, that's yeah. sick. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> what did that that year in Omega look like for you? after having hmm. that experience yeah um so before like i uh, kind of talked about how like the way that i lived my life was jesus plus it would mm -hmm. be jesus plus whatever else i wanted and hmm. in that moment i said that clearly isn't enough yeah and so it's jesus or nothing and so i kind of just decided like i'm going to Everything that I do, I want to put it in the focus of just spending time with Jesus, knowing who he is, knowing who God is, hmm. and being in his presence, and then being obedient to whatever he calls me to do in those times. And so in my Omega year, it was this beautiful like enriching of not just intellectually knowing who God is, and not just emotionally feeling him, but like this synergy of knowing who God is and mm. being in his presence and actually creating a relationship with, with God. Yeah. And so it was this deep, um, enriching of, of my soul, of, of my life. And a lot of the, the burdens and, um, the misidentities or false identities that I, I had on myself, God mm. just kind of spoke, truth into it and truth and love truth and grace and it was 
yeah, uh, in that Omega year, I, I started to see like seeds that were planted in my life before. Like I talked about doing the paper route. It's, hmm. uh, from like a young age, I remember like on that paper route having, um, just like sermon ideas come into my mind that's, and that's like, crazy. I would be like, pretty much like preaching to myself as I'm doing this paper route at eight years old and I, yeah, at eight years old going, yeah. And, and on. And I just remember like those, those seeds that were planted then were starting to come to fruition that year. And hmm. it was through the ministries that we were doing with, um, uh, like the homelessness in Surrey or in church plants, and yeah, I was, it was really cool to see just how God was, was using those then. And then on the, we, so I said the trip was supposed to be in Brazil. It wasn't until I actually got there that I found out that there's a new director and mm. that we were actually going to Poland instead. <laughs> and so, um, but that was, it was such an amazing experience where, uh, we got to just see God move in really cool ways, whether it was mm-hmm. um, in this one town where we really just kind of focused on this one youth group and like the leaders of this youth group and just like basically sharing our testimonies of what God has done in us through this one year hmm. and just seeing that embolden and make this youth group passionate and it's yeah. seeing once we left how much of an impact that had on that youth group and how those youth kids then became youth leaders and started to actually like really build up that youth group. And Mm. it was, yeah, it was a really cool um, opportunity just to see how God can use a bunch of young adults, like barely young adults, like 18, 19, 20 year olds, to do life-changing things for people and mm. yeah, how a power of a testimony can actually work. And so from that, that kind of, um, that was what started to solidify. Maybe ministry is what God wants for me. Yeah. And yeah, it was, that's kind of the, the effect that, that the year had on me. So it was, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was beautiful. And, um, what I thought was going to be a one-year program ended up turning into four years of oh, Bible college. Yeah, I was going to ask, how did that <laughs> calling kind of play out? Yeah, it was um, it was near the end of the trip in Poland where I started to to really think um, just about how like on this trip doing ministry and things like that. I it was again that like deep purpose that I just started feeling and. Mm like deep fulfillment in it. And I remember just like laying in bed and like one of the last nights thinking like, I don't want this to end. And it was just seeing how like God really can change people. And Hmm. when he changes one person, what that effect can have in a family and what that effect can have in a community. And so that that just made me passionate about it. And, um, so with the program, you're also, when you're back here in Canada, you, 
you get partnered with a church plant. Mm-hmm. And so we, we were partnered with a church plant as well. And, um, I started like our first day at that church plant was the day the church launched. Wow. And so it was a really, yeah, it was really cool just to see the beginning. And then, yeah. uh, from that, the pastor there, he, uh, me and him just got along really well and um like i was all in and serving and so he uh he started to say like oh i would love to have you on for an internship after hmm. and so like after the program when we get back from poland so immediately when i got back from poland i yeah went and started this this internship and again it was like this it it was really cool for me to see just how ministry in the local church can look and like what, like the impact that you can have on, uh, for me, I was doing kids ministry and then it actually, um, there was all these youth there. And I remember asking God, like I, these youth don't have anyone to lead them, like Hmm. bring a youth pastor to this church plant. And this was like a prayer for like a couple weeks. And then finally I just felt God kind of like just stopped me in one of my prayers and said, well, why don't you do it? (laughs) And so, um, again, I never wanted to be a pastor Mm. and just because I saw what that was like for my family. Mm. And, but it was, it was kind of cool. God just slowly broke down those walls and, um, I started to pioneer the youth ministry there and it, yeah, it just six years later to where we are now, I'm the youth pastor of the church and, mm-hmm. um, it's just like, I really, yeah, I love it. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. And I, I love the kids and it's, yeah, just fulfilling. And I can see, see why God wanted me to be here. And so yeah. that's good. Well, that's yeah. cool. It's cool to see how the calling played out in mm. your life and how you've been in the same spot from where you first like stepped into that calling. You're still mm. there. Yeah. Like six years later, you're still in it. And yeah. I, I think that's such a sign of health because it's so easy to like, oh, you know, I'm, I've started, I did my youth pastor for three years. Now I'm going to leave and go be an important person somewhere else. <laughs> And not that youth pastors aren't important. Like I th- think they're such a blessing and they're so crucial. But it's just, it, you don't hear that often. Hmm. People staying even more than five years really in one place anymore. So it's cool that your first placement, <laughs> you're like, I'm going to do this right. Yeah. <laughs> and you've just been there ever since. Yeah. That's well, so awesome. It's, yeah. And like, again, it's one of those things where it's like just as much as, um, I've been able to be a blessing in this one area. It's Mm. honestly been a huge blessing to me because the, the relationship with the pastor that I have Brent, like it's yeah, super solid. And like, he's helped me through some like really hard times in my life, Mm. whether that was through like, yeah, the, the relationship that I went into the Omega program with, that was about like three and a half years. And then that fell through Hmm. and then um the and then when that fell through my dad pretty much like two weeks after my dad was diagnosed with cancer and so there was like 
all these things that were starting just to come in and then hmm. other external factors too that was just like starting to weigh down on me and so it, it was cool to see just like the the place that um i was able to be a blessing to they they also were helping me through that being a blessing to me and so it, hmm. um yeah like i don't know how like what ministry would have looked like if i wasn't there yeah and so yeah you had some good, strong people guiding you along the way. For sure. For yeah. sure. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for sharing all that. That's so cool just to hear like a, like just a testimony. Um, I will take a little break just for a second and in intermission and then head into or dig into some of these themes and some of these things a bit deeper. So Cool. Yeah. Just touching on <clears throat> like things I know about you, um, and even through Omega, you, you said you've done this. Um, missions trips have been big in your life. Would you mind mm-hmm. just sharing a little bit about how that's kind of helped you and, and pointed you towards Christ and maybe your journey through these missions trips? Yeah, for sure. Um, so my first missions trip was when I was 16, and mm-hmm. it was one of those, yeah, kind of like classic youth group it was like we spent, I want to say like four months, like, or actually it was like six months fundraising and like doing little preparation, like team building activity kind of things. Mm-hmm. And then trust falls. Trust falls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, like the human knot kind of thing. <laughs> For the gospel. Yeah. <laughs> So we started doing it. We, yeah, we were doing that and it was all for like one week to go to down to Mexico. And so there we were like all hyped for it. And, um, when we got there though, it was, it, it was not what I was hoping and or expected. Hmm. And it was, it ended up just kind of being like, we were doing small things. Like there was some small good things where like we were at a women's shelter and we got to like help them do chores. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes. And then we did like one service for like an, a service in English for, uh, a small church there. And, and then like other than doing chores and stuff like that, then we headed home. And I remember mm-hmm. once I got home, it was like, and kind of like the dust has settled from like all the hype and all that. I remember thinking like, what did we do? Yeah. <laughs> and I just remember like being so cynical of it and just really starting to, to realize like we spent all this money getting there and um, getting back and everything hmm. just to, to not really have done anything that the local church there could have done themselves yeah and i remember just thinking like if this is what missions is i want no part of it it's hmm. it's a you're taking 
you're fundraising from other people's money and like it would have just been better if we just sent this church a giant check and said yeah. like we want to bless you for your ministry and so i remember being super cynical about missions after that hmm. fast forwarding uh to the omega i i started to think like well it's like missions just became like oh it's just a trip like i get to go see another country which is which is fun and yeah but i so i again i had that cynical view of it but then that trip in poland started to show me like well no you actually can have impact on people's lives hmm. and um God started to like really change my heart for that. And that was, uh, that was actually one of the big things for me was um, when I started to, to really see that God was pointing me towards ministry, I, I had to come to a decision. I had a crossroads where I had to choose, well, am I going to join the army or am I going to do ministry? And that's mm-hmm. where, um, yeah, I started to, to just, God started working on my heart saying like, like the mili- like, although the Canadian military, like huge respect for them hmm. and, uh, people that serve there, but like, just as like God has done a change in my life, like how much more can God do if like he starts changing other people's lives around the world and mm-hmm. how like that can have a lasting impact and how you can, help turn the tides of of countries that do have things like um hardship and violence and corruption Hmm. and how the gospel can actually confront that and bring new life from that without violence and so i started like i yeah i said okay well god then that means i'm a minute like you want me to be a missionary and so um, I went fully into that. Um, I got my, uh, ESL certificate or teaching English second language mm-hmm. and, um, so wanted to, to keep on pursuing that. And part of that, that program, I had a practicum that I had to do. So I actually got to go to Egypt and, wow. um, because that was one of the things that God started to really, um, break my heart for was a lot of these Muslim countries that, um, there was a lot of hardship and violence and insecurity and, um, things going on over there. And so I just felt like God was really starting to, to build that passion in me. And so Hmm. I got to, um, when I got this, uh, ESL practicum, I got to go to Egypt and Hmm. really just like be in the culture. And I started to learn like, um, being a global worker or a missionary, however you want to say it, it's, um, you don't have to be that, uh, person on the soapbox trying to like preach to the masses. Yeah. But like, uh, because you can't like in Egypt, you would get deported or (laughs) worse. (laughs) Um, and so like, uh, I started to learn that in, in like your life with Christ, it's, he just naturally comes out of you. And Mm. so like in conversations, when people would ask me like, um, like 
what am I passionate about? Like, why, why do you do these certain things? And like, what are your hopes and dreams? Like there were, or even like different moral issues. Like Jesus would just naturally come out in those conversations. And I, we, we started to see like, uh, really cool moments where, um, like some of my friends started to uh, actually have an interest in joining like a Bible study. Mm. And these are Muslim guys that yeah. like, that's you, you don't do that. <laughs> and, um, and then even uh, like in just like random moments on the street there, we would just be, uh, I would meet up with a guy like just randomly in a coffee shop. And uh, because I'm, a foreigner and stuff like that, they would want to have conversations with me. And so like, I, I just remember like beautiful conversations where, uh, like one that stands out is like this one guy, me, he was really trying to like debate me about Christianity and mm-hmm. like why I was a Christian. And, um, one of the big things for him was actually polygamy <laughs> and like, why, why yeah. can't I like, like the old Testament has like all those leaders or like the forefathers and stuff like that. They had multiple wives. Islam, um, says you can Christianity says you can't like, it shows that there's a discrepancy there. And so Mm -hmm. I remember in that conversation being able to tell him, well, it's like, uh, I think it's Hosea. He, Hosea and Hagar. And I yeah. yeah, I think so. And um, I remember having a conversation with him and just saying like, well, like the the Bible gives us like examples of what love is. And so we started going on about like Jose and Hagar. And um, I started like telling the story. He he had heard it before. And so we were starting to, to talk about it. I'm like, so this is what uh, like the gospel says is like, this is what a marriage relationship is like that hmm. just as Hosea and for us, we believe that this is a, uh, like symbolic of God's relationship with the church. Like just as much as he loved like the church, he or Hosea loved Hagar, even in like her, um, her adultery and like everything that she did wrong. Like he decided to keep her mm-hmm. and, God decides to keep the church. Do you think you can do that to like multiple wives? Hmm. And it was just it, it like in that conversation, uh, I just started to see like his eyes really starting to open to that. And yeah, um, yeah it, it, it just created a lot of really cool conversations where it just like you could be doing something like being a teacher and just Jesus comes out naturally. And Mm. if he's a part of your life, if he's center of your life, then it just comes out. And so it was, it was really, that was like an amazing moment in missions where I just started to see like how God was using it. And then, yeah. And then, um, fast forward to last year in 2022, I did another missions trip, Mm. um, with Omega again, actually. Like you went with, with Omega. Um, okay, yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, we went to Germany and Hungary and that was, yeah. Uh, so love missions, love, love seeing cultures and people and just seeing how God can work even in a limited time. Hmm. Um, 
And I know from every trip, one of the the feelings I always get is like, God, just give me more time. And mm. so uh, I know uh, my wife and I, like, that's something that we have talked about is like, well, we missions is on our hearts. And so uh, in the future, like, we would love to to continue on in that. But yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's cool. Thank you for sharing that. Um, <clears throat> I do also want to touch on, I think just children in, in ministry and church and you shared about just hearing from the Lord at mm-hmm. eight years old <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. and I, that just blows my mind because you always hear stories of people coming to Christ later, or, um, not having any personal relationship with God until they were 19, like just mm-hmm. classic stories. Um, but maybe what do you think the role of children in modern Christianity is hmm. like looking back at your life, knowing how you like in a healthy way were yeah. in relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Um, I think like one of the things that um, growing up that I think is, was one of the most important things and especially like um, in growing up in a small town where we didn't have a lot of these resources was just having mentors mm-hmm. and how like if if the kids pastors really get to see how God is working in uh, a child's life and then finding ways to to bring that out like mm-hmm. whether that is a kid that just loves to read scripture and uh, giving like making space for them to do that within the children's ministry. And then maybe even like, like I think we can often in church get, um, we want everything to be so perfect and like we want everything to be seamless. And we look at all these big churches down in the States or whatever, and we want everything to, to be like production perfect like that. But I think like often like, God is glorified in, um, by like just giving what's on our heart and like giving what we have. And so for like kids ministry, like allowing our, our kids to be able to share things like what God is doing in their life, like allowing a kid to share their testimony, Mm. allowing, um, like for a mentor to be able to to walk with some of the the kids, whether that's a the kids pastor, a youth pastor, the the leaders within those ministries, like we we have the opportunity of really harnessing what God is doing in these kids' lives, and mm-hmm. that that goes a lot farther than them hearing a sermon. Yeah, because at the end of the day, like this is something that I've been really touched with is that like from Genesis we see that like the purpose of of humanity is to be in the presence of God and to join in creation with that Hmm. and throughout the Old Testament and then into uh, the New Testament we see that God is just trying to bring us back into his presence and bring us back into new creation and um, so when we, when we have things like mentorship and when we have things where we allow kids to really express what God is doing, we're, we're 
giving them opportunities just to dwell within the presence of God mm. and to be able to join in the new creation that God has called us to. Yes. And so I think, yeah, like for me, like those times where like just in my mind creating like sermons or preaching to myself or whatever, like those were deeply like impacting moments. Mm. And so giving kids opportunities to, to really uh, harness those things, I think is, it's a lot better than just giving a sermon once a week and hoping that that's going to be enough to, to let them have a relationship with God. That's going to go past their youth groups, go past going into college. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is part of one of the things we have to look at is like, how do we integrate multi-generations within a church? Hmm. And yeah, like I don't, I don't have the perfect like blueprint on how to do that, (laughs) but I think just being mindful of like, how do, how do you make space for like people that you see are like in your ministries that are Hmm. starting to, to have that desire how do you make space for them and allow yeah. them to, to really walk in what God is doing in their life? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> something to think about going for forward. Sure. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I think we'll wrap it up there, but cool. thank you so much for coming on and for sharing. It's been cool to, to hear your testimony. And yeah, <laughs> I, I, I like no one I have said, we kind of created this podcast because we just wanted to hear more people's testimonies. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, I loved having this experience to hear yours and I'm, I'm glad that you're able to make it out. So thank you. Awesome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah.